Jesus this morning. It's always all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Going to start this morning with Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. I think we know it well. Hallelujah. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. wonderful hour, the revelation that God gave to Isaiah about this child, this son that should be born. His name is Jesus. But he is also the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. And the, the thing that amazes me, that he should have been born as a child. Because uh, I think most of us would have, if we had been God, would have sent his son in full display. But he sent Jesus to the earth in complete, well, he was completely anonymous. There were only certain people who knew that he had arrived. Those were people that were in privileged contact through the power of the Holy Spirit with the Father in heaven. And it was revealed to them. Uh, and I'd like to just take us through the Christmas story because I think it's a wonderful story. It just shows us how God works. So we're going to first start in Luke chapter 1. If we can go there. Spend a lot of time there. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 20. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. 
They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, in the order of the course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people were praying without at the time of incense. Verse 11. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife's son Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit of the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. For that's Jesus. And Zechariah says unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife's well stricken in years. And the angel answered unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Then we read about Mary and the angel. And we read from 26 to 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, How thou that art highly favoured of the Lord, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favour with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give him unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also thou, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. 
And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Amazing. You see, Mary was a chosen vessel to bear Jesus. You imagine she was just an ordinary person, just going about her early life. And here was the angel Gabriel, just speaking to her and telling her the plans of God. And I like verse 35, it says, The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You know, um, sometimes we think that Mary had some part to play in the, the conception of Jesus. But the conception of Jesus was by the Holy Spirit. And the, the seed that the Holy Spirit planted in her was nothing of her. It was a seed that God planted. And from that came Jesus. There was nothing about the flesh in the birth of Jesus. He was born of God. If he'd, born, if he'd been born of the flesh, he would have been tainted with the sin and the curse that was upon man from the time of Adam. But because the Holy Ghost was there at the conception of Jesus' in, being in her womb, this was a, uh, a spiritual uh, implantation of the Holy Ghost in this lady. And I believe, you know, um, as we read in Isaiah 9, It says, unto us a child is born. A child has humanity. It is human. Um, and Jesus had to go through this process of being born of a woman to show his humility. And the whole process of him being born was a humbling thing for God to be in a woman's womb. The man, Jesus, who was there at creation, the very creation of the world, here was he in a woman's womb, dependent for his life-giving flow on the human being, Mary. What a, what a humbling experience this was for Jesus. He humbled it himself, it says, and became as a man, he humbled himself and he became as a child. And yet, it's also said uh, in Isaiah, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. So Jesus wasn't just a child, he was the son of God. 
This was the son of God living in her womb. Now, the difference between a child and a son is that son has an eternal deity attached to him. This is a wonderful thing. He is God. Yet, he is a child as far as we're concerned, but he is God. You know, all the things that were attached to us, if I refer back to, um, to Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is his, as a son of God, this is his attributes. And yet, here he is in the womb of a human woman, chosen by God. So I'm going to read from verse 39 through to 56. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with the haste into the city of Judah and entered in the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was also filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And this is what Mary said. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he, for he that is mighty hath done to me these great things. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him. From generation to generation he has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud, the imaginations of their heart. He's put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. This is Jesus. He's talking about the, the seed that was planted in Abraham. And that seed was Jesus. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Isn't that wonderful? What a Holy Spirit gathering that was. Hallelujah. You see, uh, <laughs> there was something going on in both of these ladies. God was moving by his Spirit. And this 
This whole process that was going on was aimed at the future, at the future that God had promised for his nation, Israel, that he would send Jesus. They weren't expecting a child to be born, they were expecting a king. But here was a child that was born who was a king, as we read. He was the son of God. He had all the attributes of God upon him because of who he was. Yet here he was, still in the womb, still unborn, still in that place that we would expect to see Jesus. He humbled himself to be in this woman. Then we go to 157, which is continuing. I think it's worth reading all this because it's such a wonderful story. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son. And her neighbours and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy on her and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father that he would have him called. How he would have him called. Then he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John, just as the angel had said. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spoke and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt around about him. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judah. And all they that heard them laid them up in her heart, their hearts and saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Amen. Amen. What a miracle. This woman who was barren. So it seems um, that God had many of those people were a part of the promise of the coming of, of Jesus and all the ones that predated him. If we look through the uh, ancestry we find many of these ladies were barren and it took a miracle for them to bear a child and here we are again same thing God chooses the time and the place when this lady's child should be born it's, a, it's almost as if God always likes to do the impossible thing <laughs> and here we have John the Baptist, as we know him, born at this time. Now we're going to go to uh, the birth of Jesus, which starts in 2, chapter 2 of Luke, and the verses 1 to 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when 
Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, he was still engaged to her, he wasn't married to her, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for there in, in the inn. What a wonderful thing. You see, uh, although they lived in Nazareth, and they came from Nazareth, they were of the lineage of David. And as we will read on in a bit, that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem because that's where the prophecy had been that he would come. And uh, here we are. It seems somehow as if God likes to uh, upskill the ideas of men because they were all expecting somebody from Bethlehem to be, uh, be the one that came uh, as the promised deliverer of the people of Israel. But here we have a man from Nazareth, which is not a very... Uh, well known or uh, it's not up high on the uh, the birthplace for for kings and, and important people it was just a village and here we have it was in Galilee and as somebody said what good ever came out of Galilee <laughs> here we have Jesus humbling himself to come from a a town which wasn't uh, very popular in the uh, eyes of the people. But he had to come to Bethlehem to be born. And then, if we go to Matthew 2. Verse 1. We're going to read 1 to 15. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, saying, Where is he born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the, least, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time that star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. 
And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their, into their own country another way. So these guys, these wise men, had travelled significant distance um, to come and see this king that the stars had demonstrated had been born. These people were what we might call scientists or they studied the skies and they, they saw this star, which was a special star, it must have been, because um, it moved. Um, it was moving across the sky and it designated that somebody great had been born. And they travelled I believe, several weeks to get to this place. And when they got to the promised land, to the land of uh, Israel, uh, the star was standing still, so they didn't know where to go. Um, and they went to seek Herod the king to ask him, because they were expecting this, this baby or this child to be born in a, in a, a palace. Uh, and when they found that uh, there was no child, they inquired where, where he should be. And uh, the prophets and the people, the priests and scribes, said he should be born in Bethlehem. So the king sent them off to go and find this child in order that he might as we know later on, might kill him. And the wonderful thing is as they left the king, the star again appeared to move and they followed it to Bethlehem and it stood over the stable where Jesus had been born. And they went and they worshipped him. You know, it's amazing that this should have happened. It was all part of God demonstrating who Jesus was. You know, you don't, we don't see stars moving about much in the heavens these days. We do get occasional um, stars come around. What, they, what do they call them? Um, comets flying around. But this one was special. It stopped and then it moved again. I suspect it was probably a comet, but we don't know that. It said it was a star here. 
Um, but we do know this, it was there to demonstrate to the world that somebody had been born a king. So, God has a way of revealing himself to us here. And we'll read about the shepherds. If we go to Luke 2, we'll continue the story. Verse 1, Luke 2. And it came to pass in these days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And the taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his spouse's wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth his firstborn son, wrapped him in the swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, And the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even now to Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a maiden. When they had seen it, they made known a broad saying, which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told them unto them. Marvellous. It's uh, amazing how much detail the angel gave the shepherds over and above what he gave others who were involved in this. For unto you, verse 11, is born this day in the city of David a saviour which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So they knew what to, where to go and what to look for. And they came to Jesus. And they saw Jesus. And they, they were, got a bit happy. 
<laughs> Verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now these shepherds, I think as Tony told us a long while ago, their job was to raise the sheep for the sacrifice in the temple. Uh, and the whole of that area around Beth Bethlehem was a place where sheep were born and where sheep were taken for the sacrifice. So these, God chose these shepherds because their whole function was about sheep and their whole function was to bring the sacrifice for the sin offering and all the other things that went on at the temple. Um, so it's, it's, it's not, they're not just shepherds, they're important people in the function of the old uh, temple. And so uh, that explains to some extent why God chose to, to sh demonstrate all the things that he did here to the, to the shepherds because they would have understood about the sacrifice um, and they would have understood that Jesus was coming to be that sacrifice. It's a sort of parallel truth. Now, um, then we go to 2.25, Luke 2.25, 33. To 33. Now all this is going on. Uh, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same was just devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast preferred before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Isn't that marvellous? And then we, we've got another testimony here from a, a lady called Anna, verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Fianu, of the tribe of Asa. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, 84, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. You see, God always confirms everything by testimony, by prophecy. I believe Jesus had to come 
as a baby in order that he might know all that we have known. You see, it says in one place, it says, there's nothing that happens to you that hasn't already happened to Jesus. If he'd been born uh, at 16 years old or whatever, instead of being born in a mother's womb, uh, he wouldn't have had all that experience of growing up as a child and uh, living in the real world. Now, Jesus was a real world person. He, he felt and he experienced all the things that we experience day by day. And I thank God that we have this wonderful uh, expression of God's love for us in this, the stories that I've read this morning about Jesus' birth. I think it's a wonder, the Christmas story is the wonderful, a very wonderful story for each one of us. He, he came that we might have life. He came as a child, as a baby, as a seed, that he might, in us, plant a seed. You see, uh, when I was born again, God planted a seed in me. I have no idea what God planned for my life when I first interacted with God, the Father. I asked him to make himself real to me. I didn't know about Jesus. Nobody told me about Jesus. But I, I prayed a prayer that said, if you're real, like all these people around me are telling me, show me your reality. And he planted in me that day a seed. And that seed became real to me, just like this baby came real to Mary and all the people in Jerusalem and all the other places that he went as a young man. And this Jesus came and he lived in my heart as a child. I was, well, I wasn't spiritual in any manner or way. I had no way of comprehending that there was such a thing as spiritual life. I was totally everything to do with religion was total anathema to me. I wasn't interested. But God planted that seed in my heart. Exactly the same way as he planted that seed in Mary's body. He planted a seed in me. And Jesus became alive in me just like he became alive in Mary. He came to life. He was a real, there was something about him, you know, when he went to visit, when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, the baby leaped. You know, it wasn't uh, like we would say a, a religious uh, experience. There was something more that that baby, John, recognised the baby in Mary was Jesus. That Mary had the baby that he was coming to proclaim. He was born six months earlier so that he would go and proclaim before Jesus came the message of repentance 
and coming, drawing near to God. So that when Jesus came, there was a, that John had made, prepared the ground. It said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's, that's his, that was his whole function. That he might decrease, but Jesus might increase. And isn't that the same with each one of us? As we go through our life, we find the reality of Jesus living in us. It's not a head thing, it's not an intelligence thing, it's something within us. Just like it was for Elizabeth, she felt the baby leap within us. Have you, have you felt that baby leap within you? Well, I have. Over the years, it's leaped a lot. <laughs> it's called quickening. We are quickened by the Lord. You know, when we sing that song, Quicken Me, Lord, He quickens us. There's that inner quickening. It's something, it's an inner knowledge. We know something that we don't know with our mind, but we know it by our spiritual being. We know the presence of power of God. That's how I, I'm grateful that all those years ago in a factory in West Horndon, I asked God to come and demonstrate his power in my life. And he did. He put a seed within me, which is still growing today, bless the Lord, that he might increase and I might decrease. Bless the Lord. And it's a wonderful story, isn't it? But it didn't just stop then. It's happening today. Jesus is being born in our lives. Over and over, we see this miracle happening around us. Hallelujah. And there's always a witness. This is the wonderful thing. There was, there was a witness to who Jesus was. And there's always a witness within us to who Jesus is. And it's all about him. That's what we say, isn't it? Everything about us as Christians is all about him. What a wonderful story. Can we say amen? What a wonderful story. What a wonderful story. Hallelujah. What a wonderful opportunity for us as Christians to share this story with others around us. Amen. Karen's got a song for us.